Welcome to the Pure Flix Podcast, a show brought to you by PureFlix.com. PureFlix.com, the faith, family, and fun video streaming service. Get ready for uplifting news, scripture, movie reviews, and interviews with some of your favorite actors, authors, and pastors. Let's get started. Hey, what's going on? It's Billy Hollowell, and welcome to the Pure Flix Podcast. We wanted to put together a special episode today because I think there's a lot of parents out there who are like me. They're busy, they're working, and now we have this unprecedented situation with the coronavirus where we're at home. You know, a lot of people are at home. They're not working. They're either working from home or they can't work right now. And so there's just a lot happening. (laughs) And I think with that comes a lot of questions, particularly around kids. A lot of us who have kids, suddenly our children are being homeschooled, right? Um, Or they're not getting an education at all. But in a lot of cases, I know with my kids, teachers are sending home information, they're communicating virtually. And so there's this whole new paradigm surrounding education in this country. But those words homeschool, they really come together for the first time for a lot of families out there. And so I know I'm dealing with that. I have a friend, Sam Sorbo. She is an actress, an author. She is the wife of actor Kevin Sorbo. And Sam is phenomenal. She has been in the homeschool world for a very long time. She is an education expert. She has written a book on the topic. And she's really somebody who has lived it out. She's homeschooled her children. She currently continues to homeschool. And so this is something she knows a lot about. So I wanted to sit down with Sam and find out what she and Kevin do with their homeschooling, how it works with her schedule, how she adapts education to the kids, and some tips that she has for all of us really entering into these uncharted territories areas. And so with no further ado, I want to welcome Sam Sorbo to the show today. Hey, Sam, how's it going today? You're good. I can't complain. Uh, You know, despite everything, uh, you know, I'm still alive. It's crazy. (laughs) I know. It's crazy, right? It's been a crazy week. And you came to mind because... You know, I am having my kids at home now. They're home until probably, let's face it, potentially the end of the school year. But at least right now they're saying April. Um, And, you know, looking at this and my wife is a teacher, so education is something familiar to us. But I'm watching all these parents who are in a real panic because right and rightfully so they have their job to manage a lot of them. And now their kids are home and they're trying to figure out what to do. And I always look to you because you have been homeschooling forever. You've written books and resources on, on education. It's something you speak out on a lot. And I'm like, I've got to pick Sam's brain about this. Um, and I think the big thing, just as we start talking about this topic as coronavirus chaos um, is taking over and these parents are at home with their kids. What advice do you have for them? Just diving into this. So just to dive in, uh, you know, I'll start by saying I wrote a book about home education years ago because I discovered how phenomenal an opportunity it was as a parent and for the child. And so I wrote this book to try to share with parents what, what a great idea it was to educate your child yourself and do it from your home where you can grow a relationship with that child. Um, And in the book, I detail sort of a a number of the problems that the education system has. And then I go into just the personal story of how I got it done, how I was pursuing it, and some, some 
some failures that I made, you know, to, to try to help people to avoid those pitfalls and some successes that I had. Okay. So after that, and, and, and after the book came out, I, I've been speaking with people and talking with parents. And the one thing that I've discovered is that everybody knows, and this is, this seems to go unquestioned that our education system is broken but no one is actually willing to sort of confront that. And by no one, I'm, I'm talking sort of generally. And so you have all these parents who say, oh, yeah, the schools are really bad. But my school's different. My school's bad. My school's really good. Well, good compared to what? If all the schools are bad, if the education of the United States ranks 27th in the world, then how good is your school, right? And yet parents sort of refuse to confront that because I think – um, it's terribly inconvenient, but also because they've been trained not to. And how have they been trained not to? Well, they went to school. And so I hit upon this conundrum that our schools are teaching us not to question our schools. <laughs> now, we are in a problem here because now the schools are saying, you are better off keeping your children home. So we have this problem now because the schools are now saying, oh, no, no, parents, you need to keep the kids home. Now, mind you, we've had several cases of parents suing the school system saying, you failed to teach my child how to read. And in every single one of those cases, the judge has ruled in favor of the school because it is not the school's responsibility to teach the child how to read. (laughs) Unbeknownst to parents, they never forsake their responsibility. They think that they're delegating, but in fact, they're really not. Well, and, and that's, so it's a weird. Well, loophole. I was just gonna. I wanted. Go I wanted to add to what you just said. You know, not to interrupt you, but but you know, we spend so much time reading to our kids and trying to work with them and trying to work to understand with the teacher. Okay, where is our child? Where are they headed? Right. What do they need? And to assume that parents wouldn't do that to me is wild. Like, to have that in that heavy involvement in knowing where your kid is and to put that on the school to your point, you now have the schools saying, listen, this is not safe. You can't be here. And now you have parents forced into a situation really where they have to take the mantle of, of power and education for their kids. So how do they do that with having no experience having right. ever done that? Well, here's, here's the, the key. The key is that we think education looks like a teacher standing at a blackboard giving children information, but that's not actual education. Education should be, uh, the, the, the mark of a good education should be, and I can't remember who I'm quoting here, the ability to entertain a thought without losing your composure or self-control or temper, right? And, and yet all evidence to the contrary, we have young people who are, who are you know, in our universities, in our fine institutions of, quote, higher learning, end quote who cannot hear a thought with which they disagree without completely losing their tempers. That's not an education. And yet that's how we're defining education today in our culture. And I'm saying we are misdefining education. So how do you as a parent now that you've been saddled or resaddled or whatever with this responsibility, your responsibility as a parent is to ignite the natural curiosity in your child and to encourage them to learn. Your second responsibility is to learn alongside them. So you do not need to know everything. I mean, I'm shocked by the number of parents who've said to me, 
I couldn't homeschool my kids. I wouldn't know what to teach them. And I look at them and I say, but you graduated high school, right? And they say, yes. And I said, but you, so you, you went through K through 12 and yet you don't feel, um, you don't feel uh, adequate to teaching a third grader, but you're willing to throw that third grader into the same corrupt system that turned out the likes of you. Like, this is what we have to realize. You're already equipped to teach your children. Show them love and show them, show them, inform, show them knowledge. Show them how to go about gaining knowledge and, and guide them in that process. It's, it's actually not rocket science. So, well, okay, so there's different methods for different grade levels, right? So you've got people who have younger kids. The younger kids, all they need really are, and I hate calling it the three R's, but it's just the basics. Just show them how numbers work. Get them a couple of workbooks for math. Work through some problems with them so that they start understanding. And, and by the way, there are children learn different ways, okay? So try to figure out what the best way is for your child to learn. And there are many resources online. If you have a, if you have a kinetic learner, that's a child who needs uh, manipulatables, uh, blocks or pennies or things so that it's, it's representative of the numbers because numbers are abstract things, then, then pull, you know, pull out the penny jar, pull out the, the coin jar and throw some coins on the table and say, here's three, here's two, add them together. How many do you have? That's right. Count them up, right? So for the younger kids, your homeschool for the very young should be an hour a day, if, if that, right? Read to them, read some books, have them try to read a couple of words. Have some fun with it. And then as they get older, you add on more responsibility for them, but also pay attention to what they're interested in. I think it's a travesty that we make our, our young boys sit in a classroom for eight hours a day. I think that is an absolute tragedy. And, the, and we should be sending our young boys out to play in, in the fields and catch snakes, not maybe not snakes, catch um, lizards and investigate ants and investigate leaves, and you can do all of that. And all, really what you're trying to do is to instill a love of learning. Because if your child has a love of learning, then when they grow to adulthood, they can learn anything they want. I love that. I lo- well, and it's so, it's so interesting what you bring up about boys there too and adapting education to kids and the way that kids learn. One of the big things right now, I think for a lot of parents – and I can't speak for everyone, but there's not, you know, there's there's a full day of structure when they're at school, right? And then they come home and home can be chaotic or the kids are just kind of lounging or it's like that downtime after school. But now that's all being flipped, right? And I think people don't know how to structure and schedule. And and you've been homeschooling for, you know, a long time. You've done this for a long time. You're an expert. You've written about it, but you also had hands-on experience. How do you recommend people approach schedule, right? Like how the day should run. And I don't know, maybe there's no formula, but go dive in on it. No, I love this. So every family will have its own formula. Me personally, I like to start at nine o'clock breakfast having been eaten. And so I insisted on it with my kids. Was it the best schedule for each of them? I didn't care. I wanted to do it that way. That was the way we were going to do it. Right. But some people, they don't have that schedule. Um, so you have to figure out what is going to work for you. I highly recommend that you have a designated area in your house where that is where your school takes place, at least at the start of every day. And then the kids, depending on how old they are, they can go off and be unsupervised if they're going to pursue the assignments that you've given them, right? 
but at least you have like a headquarters. Like this is where we're going to start our day every day. I happen to love that kind of structure. Um, I had, uh, I had like a, an overachiever. Um, actually I've had a couple overachievers, but my first child, when he figured out that if he got his work done by one o'clock in the afternoon, that he could earn time on a game, uh, like a half hour on a game, he started getting up at 6 a.m. and finishing all his work by 11 a.m. <laughs> so, so you figure out, you incentivize the child, you figure out what incentive is going to work for the child. I wouldn't recommend candy, but for some kids, like that's like the biggest incentive ever, and, and it works, in which case I recommend like small things like Skittles, like 10 Skittles, especially for young, young kids. Um, you figure out what's going to incentivize them to complete whatever the work might be. And then, uh, and then the other thing that I really encourage parents to do is look at this as an opportunity. So I've been doing a series of videos. I'm putting out one a day for the accidental homeschooler just to encourage parents. We can look at this as a, as a huge tragedy and to, and certainly to a certain degree it is, but you can also change your perspective and look at this as an opportunity so it's an opportunity that many of you never hoped for, never dreamed of, never desired, right? But if you, if you believe in God, then it's an opportunity whether you like it or not. And I urge you to embrace it. I urge you also to take time out and be with your kids. Play some games. Do some reading out loud. Pass the book around. Everybody gets a shot at reading this book or whatever. I, you know, we actually have a thing now. We start every day with the Bible, even though my kids typically are up in their room getting their work done because I have three teenagers. We start every day with a Bible study. And then typically, oftentimes, we'll go straight into Latin because I like to supervise their Latin because I'm afraid that they slack because kids do that. They do slack. Um, and so, yeah, you have to ride them a little bit if you really want to make sure that the work gets done. But in terms of other things, you know, my daughter is an artist. I never have to encourage her to do artwork. She's, she's all about doing it. My son is an engineer. I never have to encourage him to get his science stuff or his math stuff done because he's all about that. So every child is different, and you, you structure it. You, it's, it's good to start the day at a set hour with a, with a plan and then go through. What I do is I go through the day with each of my kids. Okay, what do you have in front of you today? Well, my daughter's preparing for mock trial. My son's preparing for a debate. Okay, so where do you stand? Oh, well, I'm writing my opening argument. Okay, well, do you want some help with that? Okay, then bring it downstairs and we'll do it together here at the kitchen table. That kind of a thing. And, um, and for parents who are out there struggling because they need curriculum, here's what I have to say. The schools aren't accomplishing the, the task that's laid out before them. In fact, if you take what the schools have decided to call their mission statement now, it's college prep and career readiness. College prep is a, how do I put this gently? A Ponzi scheme. It's a pyramid scheme. It's we are going to brainwash you to think that you have to go spend a lot of money in order to get a bunch of money back. <laughs> and it's not working. Because so many kids are graduating with a huge amount of debt. I don't know if you've heard about this, but there's like a whole movement for the government now to pay off college loans for kids because oh, they got yes. swindled into paying a lot of money, right? And all that. And by the way, the whole college entrance scam that you could just buy your way into college has actually inflated 
um, or deflated, I suppose, the value of, for instance, a Harvard degree or a Stanford degree. We will shortly, I'm predicting, we will shortly be getting away from the idea that those degrees actually carry any meaning with them. And so it's much better to think about, um, rather than thinking about a career, think about what will make your child happy? Because if you can do what makes you happy and make money, and goodness knows it's possible in the United States of America, then you're going to have a happy life, right? Steve Jobs dropped out of college. So did actually, so did uh, many of the billionaires that we have today, right? But Steve Jobs dropped out of college and started auditing classes that interested in him. And he, because, because he said college was too much money for his parents to, to spend, they had to mortgage their house to put him in college, and he felt bad because he didn't know why he was there, okay? College should not be a rite of passage. It should not be considered a halfway house to real life. If you've done a good job of parenting, your children don't need a halfway house into real life, right? Mm. 60% of our jobs require sales. Is there anywhere in the spectrum of K through 12 or even through university where we actually teach sales? No. So I, I just put to you that, you know, the mission statement of the schools, they're not getting it done. And you can do a better job just by concentrating on the attributes of your child, uh, his gifts, her, her inclinations, and then trying to design uh, what, what, their, what their life path might look like that they could earn enough money to support themselves, right? And I'll just go back to Steve Jobs briefly. He dropped out of college. He decided to start auditing classes, and he audited calligraphy because he found it interesting. And that is what propelled him to create another operating system that was much more artistic in nature. And that's how the Mac, the Apple computer, became the computer for graphic design work and graphic designers. You know, it's it's fascinating everything you're saying because I actually think that this whole thing, a lot, life has really changed right now. And, and I don't know how long it's going to change for. I don't know what this is going to look like. You know, we're homeschooling right. our, our kids now. But, but you're talking about a lot of different elements of education that – we are now rethinking. I'm really intrigued to see how this entire coronavirus chaos situation that we're in potentially transforms education for certain families forever. There may be people who come out of this saying, oh, my gosh, what an amazing opportunity to do right. this. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I, I'm seeing things totally differently right now and just how I'm I'm interacting with and spending time with my kids and teaching them myself. Um you know, one of the things that one of the last things I wanted to ask you about, because you obviously are very busy, you and Kevin are both busy, you have busy lives, you have things going on. Education for your kids and your children, obviously, is the most important thing, your family next to God, I know for you guys. But how do you balance the things you need to get done? Because right now, I know that's the other thing. It's the concern of, oh, my gosh, I have to do my job still from home. And I have my kids. I can't do a nine to you know three education. I can't do all these things. How do, how do you balance your life with the kids' schedules? So education is not nine to three. That's just because it, it, it became nine to three or eight to three, right? Seven thirty to three. Yeah. It became that because parents went to work, um, but now parents are being encouraged to stay home and work from home. So when my kids were really young, I would sit at the kitchen table and I would work on. Um, I'd do grammar with one, 
and the other one would be set up doing uh, the, 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 their math workbook or something. And I'd finish the grammar with the one, and I'd say, now go do those exercises. And then I'd turn to the math thing, and I'd say, how are you doing? Okay, now learn this. Okay, now go do that. And then I would get some work done. And then my first one would come back, or my third one would come back, or what have you. So you, it's, it's a juggling act, okay? But it's, but it's absolutely feasible to do it depending on what your work is and depending on, obviously, the other stuff that's going on. It is a juggling act. It's not that it's easy and this should be the simplest thing. No, we are in a time of hardship. But I am hoping that parents who get this opportunity can, can grasp what a tremendous joy it can be to have this time with your kids and to pour into them your values and not the values of, of what's become a very corrupted kind of a system. I mean, the sex ed in, in the schools is so perverted at this point. The, the, the values that they teach in the school, and they, they claim that they don't teach values, but an absence of values is in itself a value. Mm. And so, you know, there's a lot that's going on in the schools that really ought to be encouraging parents to take a look at homeschooling very seriously now that they are forced into this this opportunity, right? And we've got the president of the United States who's saying, stay at home. And, and he's actually advocating homeschool. And I love it because I think that there are a lot of parents who are, gonna, who are going to start to embrace this. Now, I will say that there are families out there who really don't want to spend time together. Yeah. They don't need to be around their kids. They don't want the kids around. They, they, they cherish their alone time or they cherish their things that they like to do without right? And, and there's no judgment here. I'm just saying you, I, I would highly recommend, especially if it's like a teenager, what, what we call sometimes a surly teenager, <laughs> I would highly recommend that you don't burden your, your teen too much with schoolwork. Don't become the taskmaster. Don't become the, the, the headmistress with the ruler and the, you know, over your head and, and, and that kind of a thing. Try more to Come alongside your child. Talk to the child about the situation, about how to get through tough situations. This is a tough situation for everybody. We need to have open dialogue, especially within our families. How are you feeling? What can we do? Can we go? Can, can we just go and take a walk? Just you and me. We're just going to walk and get some exercise, maybe blow off steam or go for a jog. Um, you know, families are struggling because their kids were so involved in sports and now all the sports are canceled and what are they doing? And the kids have all this kinetic energy that they can't get out. Find the time to do that kind of a stuff. Try to create sort of a healthier, um, a healthier, loving environment first and then approach education. You know, I, we, oh, well, they have to be at this level of learning by such and such a grade. And, and even more so now with Common Core, right? So they put through Common Core so that everybody would be at the same level. Uh, but we all know, we all know intrinsically, not everybody's going to be at the same level. So maybe, maybe this is an opportunity for your child to shine in, in one facet of learning where they weren't permitted to because they were, they were strapped down to the treadmill that everybody else was strapped onto as well. And now here's an opportunity. By the way, if you don't know stuff, it's in the textbook. Like, we forget because we had teachers teaching us stuff. I remember the first day I went, okay, how do I teach this? 
And so I page back in the textbook and I'm like, oh my gosh, they actually explain it all right here. Yeah, that's the definition of a textbook. Like, <laughs> so it's all there in front of you. It just takes a little bit of effort. So expend a little bit of effort. But I definitely would not recommend K through 12. I would not recommend our, our government-sponsored uh, education system. Uh, and so the soonest that you have the opportunity to sort of jump off of that treadmill and find your own curriculum. And by the way, while you're at it, reach out to the homeschool communities in your area and just see if you can get some homeschoolers on the phone. We're a very embracing bunch. We love to add people to our ranks. We're growing by leaps and bounds. And we just, all comers are welcome. And you'll have your own style. And we love that. There's a, we have, if you want diversity, join a homeschool group. Holy smokes. There's a diversity of thought and a diversity of opinion and and all that. So uh, there's plenty of opportunities out there if you're willing to sort of take that leap. Well, Sam, as always, I, I love chatting with you. You've got fascinating perspective on all of this, and you've been in the trenches. So thank you for sharing the tips, the ideas, the thoughts on, on all of this. Um, where can people go to grab your books? Because you've got so many great books out there. Oh, thank you. You know what? Go to samsorbo.com. My books are there. Um, the first book, There Your Kids, An Inspirational Journey from Self-Doubted Homeschool Advocate. If you read it, hopefully it will convince you that not only should you, but you can homeschool your child and that it'll be the greatest blessing in your life. You, you worked hard to have, in theory, you worked, I know I worked hard to have children and um, it was the hardest thing for me ever to, to give them up to the government institution. And I'm so glad that I yanked them back out of there. And now we have people who have been given this great opportunity. I'm also producing these videos. So if you go to my YouTube channel, Sam Sorbo, on, um, on YouTube, you'll see just a, a bunch of videos. I'm doing more and more every day. And I'm going to do some long form. Uh, I just have to figure out uh, where I'm going to put it, but I'm working on a new TV show. I also do a radio show that is um, it's culturally focused, but a lot of it is education because Honestly, Billy, between you and me, everything, everything starts and ends with education because education is the lens through which we perceive the whole world. And that's why there are so many parents there who are like, yeah, the school system's broken, but what can I do? I just have to send my child to school. No, you don't. No, yeah. you don't. Well, and, and I so appreciate you taking the time on this, and we're going to make sure we link out to your videos and also to your website so people Thank can you. grab the book and, and watch what you have to say. Thanks so much, Sam. Thanks, Billy. Great talking with you. Did you know you can access thousands of entertaining and inspiring faith and family-friendly TV shows, movies, and original series? It's simple. Just log on to pureflix.com right now to start your free one-month trial. From kids' content to some of the most uplifting films, we've got your entire family covered. Sign up today. Welcome back to the Pure Flix Podcast. We are rounding out to the end of the show today. We just wanted to put together this special episode to really just offer some ideas, some thoughts, some guidance on how we can move forward through this really uncertain time. I think a lot of us have questions. I want to encourage you guys to head over to pureflix.com. We actually have a lot of resources over there. There's educational content. There's kids' content. If you're looking for a safe place for your kids while they're at home, 
PureFlix is the place to go, so check that out. We've also got some content over on the blog over at insider.pureflix.com that I think is really important to check out. You know, a lot of us are experiencing fear, worry, consternation about all of this. We've got a piece titled Five Essential Bible Verses to Consider Amid the Coronavirus Fears. You can read that. You can also check out another story, 10 Things the Church Must Do in Response to the Coronavirus. So these are all things you can check out, you can read. We've got a lot of great content outside of the corona chaos world as well over at insider.pureflix.com. So be sure to head over there right now and check it out. And be sure to tune in next time for another episode of the PureFlix podcast. That's all for today's podcast. You can follow PureFlix on Facebook at facebook.com slash PureFlix and on Twitter at PureFlix. And be sure to log on today to pureflix.com for your free month of access to thousands of faith and family friendly movies and TV shows. Thanks for listening to the PureFlix podcast.